All right, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Men After Truth. My name is Devin Kinzer. I'm joined with my friend, Tayson Jensen, and we have a lot of great things to talk with you about tonight. So, Tayson, take it away. Ba-boom. And we're actually in person today, too. Um, came down to Devin's house, and we're trying in person for the first time. So, we have already, we've already had dinner and talked for like uh, probably an hour and a half. <laughs> um, but we have a, a couple topics we're going to hit tonight. Super excited for peers this is the first one i want to hit talking about what kind of people to surround yourself with and what the balance is of who you should keep and should not keep in your life um well, that's not to say burn bridges but uh we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it so Devin, what do, what do you find as the balance of someone that is not adding to your life what do you do there like when someone's not adding to my life yeah it's just like, a drag what, what should i do yeah you know, I think it it really it it depends on how like how close they are, right? Because there's certain people that aren't going to add to your life, and that doesn't matter, right? Like, um, like maybe like a coworker or like a neighbor you don't talk to all that much. I think that's totally fine that they don't really add anything to your life. But if you're talking about someone that you spend a lot of time with. And they're like, you could say they're in your inner circle, but they're not actually benefiting you in any way. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's hard, man. Um, I think you just have to make that decision. You know, is, is, is it like a year from now, two years from now, if things continue and they continue to occupy that space in your life, Yeah. where, where are you going to be? Yeah. And if you're really committed to changing who you are you can't continue that relationship no so i i can clarify a little bit more so you have somebody say that you work with Mm -hmm. finding the balance of this is my situation make do with the best that i have which i think is a true principle right yeah if you can't change your situation victor frankl style and just okay this is the best that i can do here but when there is something that you can do, often it's not an easy choice to make. How do you evaluate? Right? Say this person mm-hmm. does not add to my life at all, but I'm forced to work with them here or whatever yeah. situation you're in. Like what what goes through your mind? Boundaries. Set boundaries. Because if you can't control whether they're part of your life or not, control like like set boundaries in that that area. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like maybe there's things you don't talk about. Maybe there's things you don't share with them or her because their feedback isn't important to you or valuable. Right. So. I like that. Yeah. And that's not to say like you're being a jerk to them. Right. You're you're being kind still, but that doesn't mean you uh, you go out of your way to include them and in everything in your life. We have a tendency to feel that we have to include people in things when mm-hmm. they don't add, when they don't benefit us. Um, initially, that might sound very selfish, but you absolutely have to be selfish in some ways. I would say self-care, not selfish. Yeah. Because if you're surrounding yourself with toxic people, and that could be toxic to a small extent, not even extremely yeah. toxic, but over time it builds up. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories, I think it's from 12 Rules. Jordan Peterson talks about it. 
a man and his wife have uh, lunch for like 25 years or something. He makes, she makes him a sandwich every single day. And, uh, you might know this story, but she makes it on this little tiny plate, little peewee size, like Fisher Price plate and hands it to him. And one day he just had a rough day at work. Something happened. He was just, ah, just red with rage. And he's like, why do you serve me these sandwiches on these baby plates? <laughs> and he just loses it. Uh, so Jordan Peterson talks about the little things adding up. Uh, if you're going to have a, like choose to have those fights. If you're pretending that everything is okay in your relationship with a friend, with a coworker, in your marriage, you're probably lying to yourself because there's always things that can be solved. And now you get to pick your battles, whether that's something you want to confront or not, that's probably up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretending those things don't exist probably won't always turn out super great in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, man, like I think about sometimes how like the, the I mean, most people who work full time, like you actually spend more time like with your people at work than you do with your like your people at home, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely right. Like because obviously, like you don't you don't get to pick those right. Like most <laughs> people just kind of end up in a job, honestly. Um, and even if they pick their career, they don't always get to pick like their their favorite company or whatever. You know. So, man, those those little things, they really do add up. Um, especially if someone you're working with or going to school with is is detracting from your life seriously, yeah. that's uh, that's gonna add up quickly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. On the flip side, we could talk about what kind of people you bring into your life. What are the favorite people that maybe not names, but characteristics of the people that you enjoy having in your life that add value? Yeah, yeah, man. Um. I kind of have a hard time sometimes like with the, because I've, I've cut so many people out of my life as it's been hard for me to actually like integrate new people into my life. But I really like when I look for like a friend, someone who's actually like thinking about their life, that's probably the most important thing for me, right? Is I just want to be friends with someone who is thinking, right? Um, is self-aware, um, has a good sense of humor. That's a big important thing for me. Man, that's that's a good question. What do you think about that? Like, Yeah, I'm starting to be more selective as well, so I agree with you there. Uh, depth is a big one for me, along with yeah. the ones that you talked about. If someone does not, not that they have to have a plan, but to have a desire to grow is a huge thing for me, man. Those people are yeah. so fun to be around because you can have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, we're the same. Yeah. Where we almost want to be proven wrong, where we can learn. So I love being around yeah. people that have depth to their character, that have some sort of meaning in their life. And it's okay to not have it figured out. I don't think it's okay to not be seeking to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. You got to be looking for that direction, or else you're just going to be floating backwards. And that to me is very unattractive in a person completely. Uh, and we all have our struggles. But if we're talking about who I want in my life, I want people that are going to push me and are going to help yeah. me be better. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And sense of humor is great too. I like that you said that. Yeah. Well, I think that people with a sense of humor are valuable because right? like life is more enjoyable um, when, there, when there's humor. You know, like some people are valuable to you just because they make you laugh. 
right? Yeah. And that's fine. They can occupy that space. Like every king has his gesture, you know, <laughs> the court gesture. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm saying that right. You know, that like humor is something that people have always appreciated. So that's my, my roommate. I don't know if you met my roommate, Landon. One of my favorite people in the whole world. He's just so funny, like comedic relief, but not like the stupid, like just makes an idiot of himself. He's just yeah. a funny guy. It's just in his character. He loves. Yeah. This. He's not a buffoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just loves he making like people laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, when I come home and he's not in the room, I'm like, I'm always bummed. I'm like, dang, I want to talk to Landon. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm sipping on some herbal mate, just lack of sleep. So I apologize for my, my voice. <clears throat> um, Best joke. What's your best joke? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful. I remember this. I got to pick some up from you. Oh, dude. Um, there's so many that, that make me laugh. Um, okay, this one. I, I saw this one from my brother. But um, a pirate. <laughs> he goes into, like, the dermatologist. And he's like, hey, I have some moles on my back. <laughs> and um, the doctor looks at him. And he's like, you know, like it's good that you came in. Like moles can sometimes be problematic, but but don't be worried. But but don't worry. Um, they're benign. And the pirate says, "I count again. There be ten. This one that anyway, yeah, <laughs> pretty lame, but I like that one. This is one that my roommate used a few weeks ago. What do you call a deer with no eyes? What? No idea. <laughs> oh, I love oh, those are bad. <laughs> I love that humor so much. <laughs> oh, that was funny, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, dude. I, 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 I'm sure that you've, if you haven't seen it yet, like you should definitely. I'll send it to you, man. Um, <laughs> this comedian on Twitter, he like wrote this like essay about super mario <laughs> and um <laughs> dude i've never laughed so hard my wife sent this to me like in the middle of the work day <laughs> okay and let me just read it to you it's a very short essay <laughs> okay mario the idea versus mario the man <laughs> and there's all these like red like squiggles on it and stuff like i don't know if you can see that or not okay yeah all right and um so it goes something like this Everyone knows that Mario is cool as Frank. <laughs> uh, and like, it's like circles, like horrible opening. But who knows what he's thinking? Who knows why he's crushing turtles? <laughs> and why do we think about him as fondly as we think about the mythical, parentheses, non-existent, question mark, Dr. Pepper, <laughs> perchance? <laughs> and it's just like, like the critique on it. It's like, you can't just say perchance. <laughs> I believe, the crossed out, it was Kant who said, experience without theory is blind, but theory without experience is mere intellectual play. Mario exhibits experience by crushing turts. <laughs> by crushing turts all day. <laughs> but he exhibits theory by saying, let's it go. Keep it up, baby. <laughs> uh, when Mario leaves his place of safety to stomp a turd. <laughs> to stomp a turdy. Oh gosh! <laughs> he knows he may die. 
He knows that he may die. And yet for a man who can purchase life <laughs> for a man who can purchase lives with money, a life becomes a mere store of value, a tax that can be paid for. <laughs> Much as a rich man feels any law with a fine is a price. We think of Mario as a hero, but he is simply a one percenter of a more privileged variety. The life kind perchance. <laughs> it's just so random, dude. I was dying. I was sitting there at work, like trying to keep it together. And gosh, man, we need, we need comedians, dude. Oh. Oh. Anyway, that was a that was a large tangent, but you need humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's that's part of what I love about my wife is that like we. Uh, and the longer we're married, the more our sense of humor like continues uh, to converge. So you spend too much time with one person, <laughs> and, and you just start to laugh at like, my gosh, man! I've shown like videos we think are funny to other people, and they're like, mm, "Yeah, this is this is nice." Okay, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, there's different kinds of humor too. Like I have a huge fan of deadpan humor. Like that was awful humor. That was terrible. Like, <laughs> but I love that. We're so bad. You just have to laugh. Not, yeah. not quite Napoleon Dynamite. I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Yeah. But last night I watched Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's 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 edgy, but it's it's funny. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Oh, that humor kills me, dude. That that movie's deep, man. That's I think it's deeper. <laughs> like it's really funny. Oh. But like I've thought about that since watching that multiple times, dude. Like. It's creative. Yeah. Makes you think. I love how they just glaze over. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it just ties into, yeah, you got to think about it sometimes. There's the jokes where you get mm-hmm. the punchline, but there's other jokes where they just glaze over it. You got to think about it a little longer, and they're so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, and I think, honestly, like there's he says that a few times in there where he said something along the lines of like, like maybe I'm just a wild animal, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> the dumbest thought keep going yeah. <laughs> but and then that part of the end like with the wolf you know and uh oh yeah like like he doesn't even know he's like oh he probably doesn't even know english right <laughs> but like he's a fox right and and it's it's, it's a wolf <laughs> yeah it's it's it, it just it's interesting to me like like that deep down like maybe there's a part of me that is a wild animal you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think there's a this necessary struggle in man between like, okay, <laughs> you got to tell me what this is that you're laughing at. <laughs> I'm so giggly right now. <laughs> I've had a laugh attack in a while. <laughs> I'm just sipping on this mate, and I'm like, you know, funny me if I just threw up. <laughs> <laughs> you're like trying to have a philosophical conversation, and you're sitting here thinking about barfing into your drink. I was like, oh, I just threw up. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> oh, okay, I think I'm good. Sorry, <laughs> keep going with the animals. No, you're good. Yeah, um, I it just it just made me think, you know. Right, like, uh, but yeah, we're always struggling between like, like that part of us that's like, it's like wild, and then the part that's civilized, and like, there's like good things, bad things yeah. to both, yeah. right? Like, uh, there's a, it's really interesting. I, I'm reading the, 
the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is like a, it's one of the oldest stories out there. Um, and in it, the part that I'm at, or just before that, like one of the main characters is like, um, it's super weird. It's he was like created by the gods in this story, and he's like, like, like covered in hair. He's like the strongest man alive, and in the beginning, he like runs and eats grass with the animals and like runs with the animals and thinks he's an animal. Mm-hmm. And then like eventually he like comes to the city and makes friends with Gilgamesh, the king who is even stronger than him. But at some point he's like crying and really upset. And he says that the, the idleness has made him weak mm-hmm. and that he like, like despises who he's becoming because of civilization basically right but it's not so simple as just going back to running wild with the animals and eating grass so clear to me that man has been struggling with this concept of like balancing wildness with civilization pretty constantly or yeah yeah so it's, it's always going on i find that most conversations i have with people that excuse me are somewhat like philosophical or intellectual they always deal with balance hmm. every single time it's like well i guess it just ends in balance because you know i can give my thoughts they give their thoughts it's usually somewhere in between yeah um on that note too i mentioned this in an earlier episode i believe but jordan peterson ends the podcast when the host of the podcast asks how he's doing he says beautifully and terribly hmm one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I'll uh, toss a link to it. It's literally just like the last seven minutes of this podcast. Phenomenal. It's the diary of a CEO. And he says beautifully and terribly because he can recognize that his life is beautiful beyond measure, but it's also terrible. And you have to recognize that both are there to enjoy it Hmm. the most that you can. That's really curious. If you're walking around thinking life is just peachy and wonderful you're just naive with your head mm. in the sand because the world is awful yeah you and i both could recommend a dozen books that that showcase mm-hmm. that very quickly right at the same time if you just see the world for what it could be in an awful manner you're missing out on a lot of the goodness that is here for us and yeah. i believe that god created this earth for us there's so much beauty to be enjoyed so in my life i found that recognizing there are awful things and there are beautiful things. Seeing both sides of the fence, but picking the positive while yeah. also being a realist has brought me so much like meaning and joy. Yeah. Like real realism. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> being a realist. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying. Because ideally, you know, I, I'm learning every day, but you can see both sides. Yeah. And I think you need that. Yeah. Definitely. Be- beautifully and terribly. Very cool mm. concept. Yeah, that's really really thoughtful Hmm. and Gilgamesh too I haven't read that I've heard the title but I know what you just told me essentially yeah you get weak if you stop doing the hard things that's really interesting when you have habits it's almost like it takes it out of your locus of control like you don't even have to make that choice anymore it just happens yeah like you have some habits you do in the morning. I have some habits I do. In the morning. We all have habits. As they become a habit, you don't even have to make that choice anymore. It's just automatic. Yeah. When I go to bed, I brush my teeth. That's automatic. I'm trying to floss every night. 
<laughs> not, not quite there. Getting there. Um, once you have something down, you really have to stop. You don't have to think about it as much. So at that point, it's added to you. It's added to your blueprint of character. Yeah. You need to continually add difficult things because if you stay the same, everyone else is just moving past you. Hmm. And no one's going to pick you. Like, I, oh, dude, I've been on this grind of learning about natural selection. It is so fun to learn about. Yeah. Like if you are weak as, as a man, if you're weak, you're not going to be selected by any woman. Why would any woman be with a man that is weak that cannot protect her and provide for her and love her? Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Like you have to continually prove yourself. There's self-love where, okay, I know who I am. I know I have a purpose. I know my value. But you got to do something with it. Yeah. If you just sit there and say, oh, I have value, everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, pat you on the head and walk past you. Look for someone else has some, mm-hmm. some merit to their life. I guess that deals with responsibility. Yeah. Acceptance. No. If you don't mind me, like, delving into that a little bit more, what is a... What's so wrong with, like, a woman never never choosing a man who's weak? Like, or, sorry, like, if you were that man, like, why would that be bad to be passed up? From the man's perspective? Yeah. Or deeper, like, if you want to go there, but yeah. let's start with the man's perspective. Like, I love cliches because they're often, same with stereotypes, people back on stereotypes. Sure. Stereotypes are true, like, 95% of the time. Yeah. It's an overgeneralization. Yeah. It has to come from some kind of data, though. Yes. Right. Right. So, thinking of, like, a cliche of the ostrich with his head in the sand. I don't even know the biology behind that. They actually do that, though, right? It's a phrase, so probably. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. I Probably. I feel like there's enough uh, heck they do in doing old Disney shows and Looney Tunes, you know. Okay. So okay. Prob- probably, probably. I want some YouTube on that later. Yeah. A man who has a woman walk past him and say, you know, metaphorically look over him. Timmy could keep saying, "Well, that's fine. I know my worth. I know who I am. I don't need your approval." To an extent, that is great. I think to be unfazed by what people think about you, to not care, to have thick skin—that's amazing, man. I've been trying to apply that. The times that I do, I just feel great. Mm -hmm. But there's also the realism behind that of I need to bring some sort of value. So to answer your question, simply, you're going to die and you're going to have no one that loves you or at least wants to spend time with you. You're not going to have any kids because no woman's going to select you. Hmm. So you're going to die lonely. Now you can die with your head in the sand saying, oh, I'm so glad that I am who I am and I don't need anyone's approval. But there's, there's nothing to that if you have no one there. Yeah. No one to share that life with. Yeah. Yeah, I've got so many questions about this. If you don't mind. Like, hey. it's, just, it's really curious to me because, like, I'm married. Yeah. Right. Um, but I didn't really think about this, like, when I got married. You know, I, I really I didn't think about, um, like, the biolo- biology behind. Um, it's not just attraction. Like, it goes beyond that. Right. Like, and, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, like part of the, um, the role of men in society is to procreate, is to have, um, posterity, right? Even to an extent that I'm starting to believe that a childless man hasn't fulfilled some part of his his calling at least biologically yeah like 
and and it, it's just stuff that I'm exploring, right? Because there's plenty of guys, and and I definitely like I'm a, a huge believer in, in chastity, right? Like you shouldn't just be like, oh gosh, like I need to procreate, so you don't get a bunch <laughs> of girls pregnant, right? Like that's obviously not not right. But it's curious to me, like when we we're talking about um, what a man like can do to be the best man he can be. Like part of the part of the reason why behind all that is to eventually have children, right? Yeah. It's like you and to have to find a find a mate, find a spouse who selects you, right? Or you select them, but it's always like a mutual selection, right? Should be, you know, yeah. Yeah, in a, at least ideally, mutual selection, right? Um, but tell me more about this, like, like, because I'm, I'm, I always, I felt like I chose my wife. Yeah. Right. Obviously, she had to choose me too. But like, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Then you know, like, I was thankful, like, oh, I'm glad she wants to marry me. Yeah. Um. And it was very mutual. My wife and I have an excellent relationship. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious about this, like, this the, the female choosing the man. And you've talked about that a little bit. And maybe that was just, you weren't, like, exactly thinking about the words you were choosing. But I think there's a reason why you said it. Like, why would she select him? I'll, I'll bounce that back off of you. Why did you pick your wife? Why were you interested in your wife? Man, a million different reasons. Really. Um, honestly, like, biggest one is I just felt comfortable around her. Okay. Like, in the very, very best way. In what? Yeah, define. Because comfortable it can mean a lot of different things. I, like, yeah, I didn't have to pretend. Okay. So I would just genuine, be myself. Authentic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you feel pushed by her. Like a desire to be better like around to be her the best for her. person I can be. Um. Yes, but it's not because she has an expectation of me. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's be, like, I feel like I want to be the best man I can be. Um, and because I, I have a desire to, um, like love is action, right? Yes. I want to care, love, serve. I want to be the best person I can be so I can add value to our relationship, to her life, right? But I don't do it because if I don't, my wife won't like me anymore. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's a relationship's much bigger than that, right? Because I'm going to fail in so many ways. I'm so, like, I've, I've failed at so many things. When I got married, I thought I would be so much further along by now. <laughs> Like to the degree that I could say I failed completely, I haven't, right? Um, and that's fine. My wife loves me just the same. So, <clears throat> just I asked, I asked comfort because you're comfortable as to who you are. You you can be authentic and genuine with her, but it's not. You don't take it as she loves me as who I am. I have no desire or need to change. Yeah, it's not complacency. Okay, that's right? a better word for Definitely it. not complacency. Like, that's not how I feel at all okay. around my wife. Right. Um, yeah, no. So she adds value. Yeah. In, like, the biblical sense, like, that term of, like, the, the help meet. Yes. Right? Okay. I really, li I really like that phrase. Um, that's how I always felt 
that way about my wife. Um, yeah, I guess I guess it just was uh, curious to me, like that phraseology. Yeah. Because like I I feel like now you're right. It typically is like in our modern world, the woman who chooses her man. Oh. But I don't think that is historical. You know, I I think that's I think that's within the the last hundred years. Honestly, I think it would be typically like girls did not ask guys on dates. Like even in the last fifty years, like that's like brand new. Like your grandma would have never done that. No, never. She has self respect, right? And now it's like I don't think anything. I mean, my wife asked me out on a date. Like you don't think a girl's a hoe because she's asking guys on dates, right? Yeah, it's that's totally normal now. But I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad either. It's just it's it's curious. This natural selection thing I feel like used to be primarily masculine. Yeah. Whereas it's I feel like it is shifting. It's flipping, right? And whether that's the quote air quotes feminists doing or or what i don't know well, i have a thought on that so you just help me see <clears throat> natural selection back in the day if a man did not find a wife then he's donezo like no kids mm-hmm. the wife or the woman um this is just me taking out loud didn't really have to worry about that because she has what the man needs and that's to be able to provide a child right mm-hmm. she didn't have to worry about that as much the man had to worry about it does yeah. that make sense so the woman's like higher value almost yeah like a woman's opportunity to, like, be involved in the, like, procreation process is a lot higher than yes male. Yeah, man. yeah. So like, she's not really worried about finding somebody mm-hmm. to an extent. Yes, but compared to the man, who if he doesn't find anybody, boom, gone. Like nothing, no posterity whatsoever. Yeah. Where the woman's probably gonna have a lot of guys lining up at the door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's almost flipping right now, where women were more prized. In a dating sense. Mm-hmm. But now men are starting to be more prized in a way because there's so few good, might I say, men. Yeah. Where women are asking men on dates because like, okay, not not that I'm getting desperate. They're getting desperate. But the options are fewer, so they got to be more proactive about it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's, it's curious to me when you talk about like, like if there are all these loser guys who the women are passing up like gosh like but they're also asking him out does that make make sense what i'm saying or maybe does a girl only ask a guy out when he thinks he's when she doesn't think he's a loser i don't know i've been i haven't been on the dating scene for a while but i guess she wouldn't ask a loser out you know ideally no right yeah. but, it, but when their standards are dropping so much where there's not as many good men as there used to be you got to be a little more creative, right? Yeah. So, so I guess what I was going back to is yeah. I would assume you're married because you each added value to the other's life, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's emotional or physical or whatever, maybe um, you know, like back to pioneer times, maybe there wasn't even much of an emotional connection, but it was like a physical protection. Yeah. Like maybe I'm not into you, but I know that you can protect me. You're like sure. arranged marriages. I know you add some value to my life. It's not mm-hmm. ideal, but it's added value compared to what it would be without you. Yeah. So going back to our initial conversation with peers and who we surround ourselves with, I think there always has to be some sort of added value. 
of yeah. having somebody in your life or else there's not really a point. Yeah. Yeah, relations relationships have utility. Oh. They've got to. Yeah, I like you that. Know. Um Yeah, it's it's almost unfortunate how many like useless relationships like the modern man is almost forced into. You know? Yeah. And I think we have a duty to like, you know, try to cultivate no, I know we have a duty to cultivate good, healthy, strong, committed, connected relationships. Um, doesn't need to be a ton of them. You can only have so many. Yeah. Right. But we need them. This is especially like male relationships used to be. I mean, just if you read some classic literature, you just realize that, that male relationships used to be very strong. Right. And it was, it was, it was friendship. Right. Or brotherly love. It was it was ext- it was extremely important. Um, I mean, like a classic example in in Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. Um, can't remember the characters, but they like, I mean, gosh, they like hold hands and like <laughs> kiss each other, and they're both married, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it isn't a it isn't a homosexual thing. Yeah, right. It's a it's this male love for each other. Okay, it's very interesting, right? Well, and we, like, we've like it, far from that. Yeah, yeah, we've moved really far from that <coughs> so like it's it's a it's a complete lie like this the lone wolf idea is garbage like i'm just smacking smacking mics <laughs> yeah the lone, the lone wolf idea just doesn't work like the, there's 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 none of them like in there's well, i guess there's maybe a few right but they're not they're not typically happy like even like like these big like heavy hitters in history right like like christ he wasn't a, he wasn't like a lone wolf huh. you know he had his he had his his disciples his apostles right or um trying to think of some of the other like important people throughout history but you'll find that they often had a team they always yeah. had a team you have to have a team right um, okay team of men you know for men Right. This is like men need men. Yes. Close. Yeah. So. I think, yeah, the better those relationships are, the more power is within that as a whole. Like you have two great people in your life. It's going to expand mm-hmm. the quality of your life more than, than twofold per se. Yeah. Right. There's the saying, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The greater people you surround yourself with, the greater you'll become. And it's yeah. just exponential. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, whether it's social media or just how society set up now, there's a lack of that camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we need to dig into a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one way you, like, really prepare yourself, um, like, for, um, you know, hard times is by establishing, like, actual connections with people who are close to you in proximity, right? Like, um, man, there's a lot of a lot of connections you could make that would really help you like if crap ever hit the fan. Yeah. Right. You know, someone who has, you know, who has livestock or, or has, um, like food that you can get, or they have ammo or, or, and you have something you can trade. Right. But if you already have these relationships with people close by when something bad happens, you know, it doesn't have to be catastrophic. Even you could just lose your job, but you know where you can get these things locally. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. What I'm saying. 
Yeah, even if we dissect that a little bit farther, you should seek for value in those relationships. Like you want to go to the barber if you don't need a haircut. So there's value there. Yeah. Say, you know, you have a herd of sheep and other guys are herd of sheep. You probably don't have to interact with them much because you both do the same thing. Like I got my job, you got your job. Mm-hmm. Or you can make it a higher value relationship and talks about talk about tips of the what's what am I saying tricks of the trade yeah and grow together mm-hmm. that's what I love about them. I go to USU right now with the husband school business and they focus more on growth as a whole rather than competition it's more camaraderie oh really because that's how the world is yeah the world's not I mean the world's very cutthroat but you're not going to make it uh, very far successfully with high morals being yeah. cutthroat. Yeah, it's camaraderie. It's uh, it's joining together, being in teams. Sure, um, and that's that's what I a facet that I do enjoy about the school business here, is it's recognizing that's how the real world is. So why wouldn't you prepare for that? Yeah, yeah, lots of group projects. For better that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I find a good group. Find people that add value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's it's really interesting, like opposed to the way that like some of those common core group projects work, right? Like that's not realistic because in the real world, someone performs like that poorly, like they get kicked off the team. Yeah, but you're stuck with them in school. Yeah, yeah. So that's not uh, that's not realistic at all. I've never understood that, man. You take kids, you put them in the most artificial environment for like 12 years, right? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's so artificial. And we say that all in the name of education, right? I don't know. I, well, no, I do know. Like, it's 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 wild. And it's just, like, I I, work, I used to work at a school. I was just as a, jan- a janitor. But, like, I could see, like, the creativity almost being, like, pounded out of kids oh, yeah. in certain ways and then cultivated in other ways, right? But, like, and it like, gosh, like, at least, high, like, K through 12, what is being a good person at school? It's just keeping the rules, right? Getting good grades. That's being, all arbitrary. Being quiet. Yeah. Not speaking out. Yeah. Not right. standing. Yeah, not standing out. No chemistry. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you get into, like, the actual, like, business world, and you need to stand out. Yeah. Right? And not, not stand out in, like, 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 in ways that are that are rude and mean and no one wants to hire you because like you're total dirtbag, right? Not that kind of standing out, right? Or no one even wants to buy from you. You own your own business, but you're a dirtbag. Yeah. Right. But I mean, standing out like you're amazing, right? Exemplary. Yeah. 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 We could have a long discussion on that. Yeah. It gets into a lot of things. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like we have covered a lot of good ground today. Um, thank you all for joining us. And yeah, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, keep them to yourself. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, just just put it in the comments or message us, whatever, whatever you want. I love feedback. So makes it better. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs>